0: And now, the VOA Special English Program, American Stories. Today, we tell a story by Patricia Collinge. Collinge was an American writer and actor. She was famous for her work in plays movies, and television. In the following story, Collins writes about an American husband and wife enjoying a visit to Rome. The husband also learned something about his wife. Here is Shirley Griffith with the story, Ciao.
1: Soon after they left the shop on the Via Condotti in Rome, Mrs. Engel opened the box and showed her husband the costly stones she had bought. "'I love them! I just love them!' she said. She dropped the stones back into the box as she and her husband began walking across the street. Halfway across, her husband pulled her out of the way of a passing automobile, "'What is wrong with you?' he asked. "'I just thought of the words I said to the shop owner. "'I told him I loved him. "'I wanted to say I loved the stones, "'but I used the wrong word. "'I should have said, "'It pleases me. "'Do you think he understood?' "'To Mr. Engel, it was not important "'if the shopman understood or not. "'What was important was his own wish that she would stop trying to speak Italian when it wasn't necessary. On their last trip into the hills, her use of Italian had helped, but they were in Rome now. Almost everyone here talked English, or at least understood it. They sat in front of the hotel and rested their tired feet. Mrs. Engle looked around at the flowers changing their color with the light of the setting sun. Bello, molto bello, she said. Mr. Engle breathed deeply and asked the waiter to bring them each a drink. Check, please, he shouted. Mrs. Engle, still in sort of a dream at the beauty around them, said, You should have said Il canto. In England it's bill, l'aedition in France, il canto in Rome. Check, please, Mr. Engel said again, and almost at once it was in his hand. It's just as easy to say canto as check. Canto is what you say, not what I say. The elevator boy opened the door for them and she said, Settimo piano per favore? and the boy answered seventh floor okay? and no one said another word not until Mr. Engel opened the door to their room he let his wife enter first and then said do you want to eat in the hotel or go out whatever you want to do his wife answered well I would like to go back to the place that has the fountain and serves ravioli There are many fountains in Rome, she said, and there are places near them that serve ravioli. You see, you won't even say an Italian name. You could mean anywhere. No one would know where you meant. Well, you know, he answered. Do you want to go there? Yes. She held one of her black dresses up to the light and placed a pink flower on one shoulder of the dress. Italian is so easy. Conto, that's all you have to say." Mr. Engel took his shirt off and reached for a clean one. He looked at her. "What do you want me to do? Go around telling shop owners that I love them? That is not fair. Just because I made a mistake and told you. Now you'll think everything I say is wrong. No, he answered. But I do not think it is always right, like this chow thing that you say. What chow thing? You say it all the time. Every time you see a child, you rush up to it and say, "Ciao." Oh, you mean chow. That's what I said, chow. I asked the waiter what it means, and he told me it's something Italian people say to greet other Italians. I know it is. It's like hi, or hello there. Mr. Engle shook his head. It's more than that. It's something Italians say to other Italians when they know them very well. But you say it to people you don't know. Only to children. Well, why to them? You do not rush up to strange children at home and say hi to them. The telephone rang, and Mrs. Engle answered, saying, Pronto. The person on the other end thought she could speak Italian and began talking in Italian. The talk ended with both sides talking English. That's what I mean, he said. It's making them believe you can talk Italian. I really think they know I can't speak too much Italian. Then why do you do it, he asked. Mrs. Engle touched the pink flower which she had placed on her dress. I like to communicate. I like to reach out my hand and my mind. When I talk to children, I do it for their mothers and fathers. They're so proud of their children. So, even if I say the wrong things, they know I'm trying to understand them. And perhaps they will try to understand me. It's being friendly and it's fun. I'm not criticizing you but can't you be friendly in English? Mrs. Engle stepped into her dress. Do you mean I sound foolish? Not you, especially. Anyone. I see what you mean. Well, ready? They entered the elevator. He saw that the pink flower was gone from her dress. And she just smiled at the elevator boy when he said good evening. And even when they got down to the street, she was silent. Usually she told the car driver where to take them, in Italian. But now she waited for her husband to tell him. At the eating place, it was the same. She smiled at the waiter, but said nothing. And when Mr. Engel showed her the menu, she just said, I'll have the casserole and the asparagus. The ravioli first, of course. The waiter left after smiling and talking in Italian to her, but she just smiled at him. She looked around the room, not seeing anything. Was she angry, Mr. Engel wondered? Was she treating him with one of her silent periods? No, he knew all her silences. This one was different. When their drinks came, her eyes met his calmly. There was no bitterness in them, no anger. Perhaps she was tired. But she didn't look tired. The waiter understood English. So she talked English and that was that. Or was it? No, something was wrong. And he had to find out what. He began talking to test her feelings. This is a good place. I'm happy we came back to Rome. Yes. It is very nice, she answered. Hmm, something was wrong. Nice was a word she never used in Rome. It wasn't a word for Rome anyway. You might say, Rome is noisy, perhaps colorful, even romantic, but never just nice. As they ate, Mrs. Engel agreed with everything he said. But she was too quiet. Something had left her. It was as if someone had turned some of the lights off in a room. You could still see everything, but not so clearly. He looked out of the window onto the street. Rome, rich in history, the warm night, the happy voices, the shouting voices, voices of mothers and fathers, of children, and even of visitors such as he and his wife. Visitors who never really saw or understood all there is to see and understand. Then he knew what Mrs. Engel had been trying to do. She had been trying to understand, trying to get a little closer to the city and its people she had been reaching her hand and her mind out to them now she sat across from him as she might anywhere new york city boston or podunk but this was rome he had closed the door to her happiness her ideas of rome he had crushed her that was the right word, crushed. And this was the last thing in the world he wanted to do to Mrs. Engel. He breathed deeply and said in a voice louder than he wanted to, "Conto, il conto." He felt Mrs. Engel's eyes look at him as he paid the waiter for the food and gave him extra money for himself. Out on the street, they walked near a mother holding a little girl. Mrs. Engel moved closer to the mother and said, Bella, bellissima. The woman lifted the little girl higher for Mrs. Engel to see. Mrs. Engel laughed and made the special wave. Chow, chow! She looked at her husband, and he saw her eyes were filled with happiness again. Mr. Engle felt a strange lump in his throat, and then he waved to the child in his own way. Chow, he said, and he felt his wife's arm as she moved closer to him and slipped it through his. (laughs)
0: You have just heard the story, Chow, by Patricia Collins. It was adapted by the Special English staff. Your storyteller was Shirley Griffith. This is Bob Doty. Please listen next week for another program of American Stories in VOA Special English.